What up, HyperChange? We're nerding out today, so I got the business polo on, you know. Today we are talking about Tesla's valuation. Um, we're gonna get deep into the numbers and really explore the fact of what is the true intrinsic value of Tesla stock, how much of this is relying on the electric vehicle business execution, Tesla energy, and then how much of that thesis of Tesla building a robo-taxi or truly autonomous car is already being priced in into the equity um, and how that, you know, just I don't know, my thoughts on the valuation. Um, and, and, and I'm also bringing in a special guest to break this down. But first I wanna give you the little rundown. So Tesla is at about 755 or $756 per share as I'm making this episode. So as of their most recent quarterly report, they have 971 million shares outstanding, uh, basic and 1.19 billion shares outstanding diluted. I believe the difference in that is Elon Musk's stock, potential stock compensation package. So I, you know me, I like to assume all the dilution and just kind of leave a uh, margin of error. So using that diluted share count of 1.119 billion, uh, times 755, we're looking at about an $850 billion fully diluted market capitalization. So that means if you buy into Tesla stock today, you are paying $850 billion um, for the valuation of the company. Now, uh, and I think that's kind of fair to be said. I want to uh, start this by saying I'm holding on to all my Tesla stock. Uh, it's my biggest investment position. Yes, I am up significantly in it, but I believe every day you're holding the stock, you're basically making the decision to keep buying it. Um, and I almost never really trade. I'm super long-term and boring, but um, yeah, so I'm hodling onto my Tesla stock and I had this thesis of like holding Tesla stock to a trillion a couple years ago, right? That's when they were worth like 30 billion. And so now they're worth 850 billion in just a couple of years. And it's like, wow, it's time to take a step back, reevaluate. Let's see if the fundamentals have actually caught up to that valuation. So today, Tesla's business has exploded in growth. And I think that's the biggest thing to understand right here is uh, when you're buying a company's stock, you're not really buying the business today, but you're buying the market's perception of the business into the future. The, the discounted future cash flow is what the market thinks it's worth or, or thinks it's called. But um, you're buying into the future of the company, what it will become, the earnings potential it will have, not necessarily what it is today, especially when you're talking about a company like Tesla who has an insane growth rate. So with Tesla, we're looking at a company that since Q1 2019 has scaled uh, quarterly revenue from $5 billion to $12 billion, insane growth in the most recent revenue. If we times four that, the annual revenue run rate of Tesla right now is 48 billion. So then if you do that math, 850 billion divided by 48 billion, we're looking at almost 20 times price sales ratio. This is almost unheard of for an automated automaker. I mean, most automotive companies generate or are traded around 0.5 times sales. That means, you know, uh, they'll do 100 billion in revenue and they're only worth 50 billion. Tesla does 50 billion in revenue, but they're worth 850 billion. There's a lot of reasons we're going to unpack about why that's the case, but I'm just giving you the numbers um, and so we can go from there. The other big number I look at in terms of valuation, um, we're starting basic, but don't worry, we're going to get deep, um, is EBIT, earnings before interest and taxes. I think this is the best metric of core earnings or intrinsic earnings power for a company. As you can see, Tesla went from burning a shitload of money to making a ton of money, um, $1.3 billion in Q2 21. That was an insane, I mean, their first one over a billion, just a huge, huge monster quarter for Tesla. Um, and if we annualize that number, we're looking at $5.2 billion annualized. So $850 billion for the company, $48 billion in revenue annualized, $5.2 billion in profit or intrinsic sort of normalized cash flow is what I would say that earnings yeah, and their cash flow is higher, but I think this is like the normalized earnings power of the business. So if you do like 850 divided by 5 billion, we're looking at like, I don't even know, like 150 times earnings or a 0.75, um, you know, for, for every yield essentially uh, of earnings power on your Tesla shares. And so that is pretty insane. Um, I think that is extremely high. That's up there with some of the biggest tech companies, but we're also in this awakening period. And I think that's something really interesting to consider is we're in this moment of uh, companies being valued at ex like, people don't want to hold dollars. So if they don't want to hold dollars, they're investing in things like, um, you know, company equity. 
um, uh, cryptocurrencies. And so I think equity and technology companies that are building the future that are growing rapidly deserve a premium in this new era where the dollar is getting diluted essentially. And so I think it's not just Tesla stock that's soaring. You look at Shopify, Amazon, uh, Alphabet, any company that is executing that's a tech company, Zoom, that's that's crushing it is at a huge premium because growth is so rare to find these companies that are growing an amazing way and growing their intrinsic earnings power. It's just a better store of your wealth than dollars. And so I think that's a big uh, mental thing that we're seeing is a lot of capital shifting into these high growth equity companies for good reason. And that's cyclical. That's not just Tesla. And that's a big reason why um, I think, although by traditional metric standards, this looks maybe extremely expensive, it's more normal. And then we also have to factor in the growth of Tesla and why their profitability may look lower now. And it could, their, pro, their revenue is going to grow at an insane rate, 50% per year more or more maybe, but their profits are going to grow at an even faster rate. To illustrate that point even more, sort of a layer under the surface is Tesla's gross profit growth has outweighed dramatically earnings or revenue growth. So you look at their gross profit growth, 0.6 billion in Q1 2019 a quarter to almost 3 billion a quarter in Q2 21. So for every dollar in revenue, um, what it costs them to get that revenue, cost of goods sold, is increasing you know, in a huge, huge way. So their gross margin, as that continues to go up, I think that's the key lever of understanding Tesla's difference in valuation versus other companies, and especially versus other automakers, because if Tesla's making 25, 30, 35% gross margins, that's almost unheard of in the automotive business at scale. Therefore, they should get an unheard of multiples. But this is the number that I'm almost watching that I think is almost most important for understanding how that earnings power of Tesla's changing is the gross profit. Because as Tesla bakes in more FSD revenue, FSD subscription, premium connectivity, um, as they get better at building vehicles and, and building the machine that builds the machine, we're going to see their margins go up. And I think actually manufacturing can only go so far, but software as a part of the business, and this is where the robo-taxi thesis comes in, and it's really incremental gross margin expansion. As Tesla rolls out more and more functionality for their self-driving features, they're going to capture more and more uh, software revenue that is basically 100% gross margin. And so that's going to be a crazy lever for Tesla to pull here. And I think that is going to be a fundamental driver of the valuation. So now let's bring on our special guest. I'm going to hit him up. One second. So now we have uh, Meyer on the line. Meyer, uh, welcome to HyperChange. Awesome guest that we've had on before. Um, hyped to crunch some numbers with you. How you doing? What up, HyperChange? Great to be back. Yeah. Um, okay, so the tweet that we're talking about and why I specifically hit you up was Elon Musk's tweet replying to Holmar's, uh, Omar, he gets a little hyped, you know, and he said, one of the main reasons Tesla is undervalued is that very few people, even bulls, are able to understand what's happening with autopilot and FSD. So... Then Elon replies, gotta love Elon, to be fair, investors are giving us significant credit for achieving self-driving given that Tesla's valuation production is very high compared to other automakers. So Elon implying that a lot of self-driving is already priced in. And then you replied and said, disagree, my man, and uh, linked to your return on capital. So could you start with a high level of why do you disagree with Elon there? So the fundamental question as to what drives equity returns in the long run is simply a function of one thing, which is called economic value added, right, EVA. So what is EVA? Basically, it tells you that the biggest companies in the world get to be that large uh, based on, A, how much capital can they deploy into, into running their business, like how many factories, how many offices they can start up, how much you know total manpower and physical uh, and labor that they can deploy to execute their business. And then the other part of it is what return on that investment are they generating? That is the return on invested capital principle. It's the return that you're generating per dollar of total capital that the company deploys. 
So Apple, for example, is the biggest company in the world because they've deployed $300 billion into all of their assets, right? Various assets all over the world. And they earn a crazy 40% return on that $300 billion. So that's the reason why it's the biggest because nobody has that much. Nobody can deploy that much money and earn that much, that high of a return on that capital. So why is Tesla significantly more valuable than other automakers? Well, this is the reason why. If you look at their return on invested capital, and this is today, this is not um, a projection of the future with regards to what you know their ROIC might be once FSD is rolling in and once uh, robo-taxis are fully operational. This is ROIC today. And if you compare that exactly in the same exact way to Toyota, Volkswagen, and GM, which I ran the numbers, I looked at all of their annual filings, I made the proper adjustments to make, the, uh, the accounting adjustments to make. And you can see that, you know, as of, and this is um, using fiscal year 2020 as the, as the benchmark, because I wanted to use annual statements rather than quarterly. Tesla was at 18% as of last year, as of the end of 2020. Compare that to, to Toyota, Volkswagen, GM, they're all roughly at, you know, 10%, right? So 18%, 10%. Now that's by itself a big difference, right? If you look at 800 basis points is a huge difference when you're talking about tens of billions of dollars of capital that you're deploying to earn that return on invested capital, right? So that's number one, the reason why Tesla is valued like tech and not like auto, right? People make this blanket like um, assumption all the time. Well, you're a car company, so how come you don't trade like a car company? That's not how it works, right? That's not what multiples are based on. Multiples are based on how much capital can you deploy and what return can you earn on that capital? That's it. It's really, really simple. And so I want to jump in here because even if Tesla, I'll give you the tech company valuation. I also think a big part of that is growth that we haven't touched on. So maybe you could touch on that as well. But also even assuming this is a tech company you know, five, and, I'll, and I'm thinking like, can we, you know, meet the worlds of return on capital percentage with like EBIT and earnings and, you know, think about a cash flow, an intrinsic cash flow number that would justify $850 billion. Um, because even if you think of it as a tech company and imply this huge growth, imply this huge return on capital, 150 times earnings, even if they compounded 100%, seems a little bit lofty. It seems like that's already pricing in huge growth. Then the other thing we have to consider is the rate of change of that number, right? It's not just stagnant at 18% like you see here. If you look at an updated number, they're at 23% now, if you use the latest uh, four quarters of data. So we see that there's a clear trend in where this number is going for Tesla. Whereas every other automaker are basically flat, right? They had a huge hit in 2020. Tesla actually benefited you know, from you know, inexhaustible uh, you know, demand here. Uh, so their numbers have improved. Everybody else got hit in 2020. Now they're rebounding back. But if you look at a long-term chart of Toyota, Volkswagen, GM, Ford, everybody has a cash flow return on invested capital that's right around that 8 to 10% mark long-term. Uh, whereas Tesla's rate of change is going from negative to then zero, to then 10, to then 18. Now it's at 23. And I think this is going to continue for some time. And this is before uh, any consideration is made for robo-taxis or other sort of exotic areas that Tesla might you know, end up in like Dojo as a service, or even Tesla Energy, we're not really putting much value into that either. We're just looking at what the business is doing today and what that rate of change is. 
from the auto business primarily. So if we give the auto business a 30% return on invested capital at maturity, even 35%, let's actually, let, let's give them 40, let's give them Apple. Then we're looking at, first of all, that would be insane and incredible props to Tesla for doing that, but that's a four times better than a car company. So would that not translate to a four times higher price sales ratio essentially? Or, um, and then you factor in growth as well, you know, Tesla's price sales ratio is arguably 20 to 40 X higher than the norm for automotive companies. So I'm trying to figure out this meet in the middle of, is it because revenue is going to grow 10 X from here and it should be valued at four times higher. So even though it's 20 X more, there's 40 X of multiple there. So are, you see what I'm getting at? This is a, this is a great question. Like understanding what's the justified multiple, right. For a company like Tesla. So I have in this PowerPoint um, that, I, that I sent over, uh, slide eight shows a, a chart. Um, this is from Credit Suisse, right? This is kind of the, the foundation of where I learned these techniques of return invested capital. Um, but there's a seminal uh, white paper on this concept. And in that paper, um, this chart shows up, right? And it's talking about, you know, how companies trade, right? What multiples do they trade at uh, based on what, return on invested capital that they earn over and above their cost of capital, right? Everybody has a cost of capital and then you have to earn something above that in order to generate economic profits to actually be creating value. One of the reasons why GM and Ford trade at eight times earnings or 10 times earnings is because they notoriously earn below their cost of capital. So when you earn below your cost of capital, you're basically just, even if you're very profitable, right? And they are profitable, by the way, um, even if you're extremely profitable, if you're not earning your cost of capital, then the market penalizes you for, you know, actually destroying value, right? Even if you're profitable, you could be destroying value. Just think about that for a second. Yeah. And you're, you're, and you're hitting on a huge concept, which is why I think the comparisons, and I almost even hate comparables in general. This is one of my weird things. It's like every business is unique. Like you can try and compare a little bit, but you should just think of them in their own box because you'll get lost in the sauce if you do comparables. And especially with these auto companies because they're shitty businesses. So I think they're getting penalized for how bad their earnings are and how bad their ROIC is. So it's not like a fair comp because the mark and they're saying no growth. And so I think that's a huge thing about it. And so when you do the apples to apples comparison, it's not really apples to apples at all because these are really crappy businesses that outsource everything and have no tech and aren't growing. And Tesla's the exact opposite of that. So I just thought you made a great point there. Um, and so and and so like if you look at that, then like using this chart as your guideline, um, if there is that big of a spread between your ROIC and your cost of capital, somewhere in that twenty to thirty percent range, right, which is what I think Tesla will get to even with that considering robo-taxis in the equation, um, then you could be trading at you know, a multiple of gross investment of 10 to 12 times, right? So then it becomes a factor of how much can you actually deploy into uh, your business to earn these returns on invested capital. So that's where CapEx comes in, right? And that's why we know, for example, Elon, uh, Zach, they've been guiding for this uh, for, for some time now, where there's increasing CapEx now that's coming through because we wanna build more factories. We wanna build more gigafactories. We need more battery supply, right? We need more lines like, you know, Cater Road to build 4680 cells. Um, the more the capital that Tesla deploys, the bigger they will become. Yeah, and if you want evidence of how 
much better they're getting at deploying the Capital Two. Even Elon, I made a whole video about how much bet more efficient Tesla was at unit of vehicle production per dollar of CapEx because they're learning how to build the machine at the machine. So, and then Elon replied and was like, yeah, we were trash at spending CapEx before. So even though they're ramping up CapEx to record levels, they're doing so with like triple the capacity of unit output. And so that's gonna show up in the ROIC later, which is already the evidence of leading us to why that ROIC number is gonna continue higher. And, and this chart of uh, their return invested capital shows that, right? It, when, when Elon said that their, their efficiency was trash, you can actually you can literally see that on the chart. It was it was you know negative for a while, and it you know hovered around zero percent for a while before finally taking off in 2020 and 2019 as well. Um, and now, if you look at it, uh, the numbers today, right? Uh, the Tesla's cash ROIC is at 23 percent. That's within a stone's throw of Amazon. Amazon currently is at around 29 percent. And if you look at it, I have a couple of um, just examples, some comps you can look at here on slide number 10. Uh, if you just look at big tech right now and their various cash ROICs, uh, NVIDIA is at 30%. Apple is at a crazy 42%. This is why they're the biggest company by far. Amazon's at 30, Facebook at 29, Tesla is at 23. Now, Tesla is the lowest among this bunch, but they've got the biggest rate of change among, among that bunch. And that's why I think the upside is so much for Tesla because this is, they're at 23% despite running significantly below capacity on the factories that they have today, right? This 23% was earned based on operating at roughly 60 to 70% capacity, right? If you look at their shareholder letters, right? Right now they have installed capacity of over 1 million cars per year. Their run rate could be over a million right now. They're not at that right now because they need more battery supply. If they were to procure enough battery supply to actually realize the assets capacity that they have today, then their efficiency would be significantly higher than this 23%, right? And so this is why, you know, the more Tesla invests in factories and in battery production and in everything else that they're trying to do here, the bigger that they're going to become because it's greater capital deployed and an increasing ROIC on that capital deployed. So this is where it goes exponential. So if, and you mentioned a 10 to 12 multiple on, on capital deployed for some of the creme de la creme best ROIC companies in the world. So do you think Tesla can easily deploy 85 billion of capital or even more 160 billion of capital to give us upside, you know, j let's say they deploy that to give us upside of a doubling of the market cap just with the, uh, shit to give us a doubling of the market cap. Right, yeah, so I think that they could, you know, deploy anything between, you know, 80 to $120 billion in CapEx over the next five, five, six, seven years, right? Or maybe 10 years if you push it a little bit further out. Um, if they have those investment opportunities, and I hope they do, I think they will, uh, then uh, they're not only going to get that acceleration of that multiple of gross investment, right, that 10x, but then it'll actually, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because the more that they spend in capacity, the more that they'll actually be able to access their installed capacity today, right? For example, if they spend an extra, I don't know, billion dollars uh, to expand their Cato Road facility, right, to get 4680 up and running, then that'll feed into the existing auto factories because their auto factories are currently running at well below their capacity. So if they invested in more battery supply, 
then it not only increases, uh, you know, their total number of cars that they make, but it could, it'll just increase their total efficiency of the assets that they've already uh, invested in and, you know, currently have right now. Totally. But that is pure ROIC at that point. But, and we're giving them all the credit for that ROIC. That's why I'm trying to like hit the fast forward button. I'm like, okay, they have 40% ROIC. We'll give them the credit for doing all of that. How do you, do you really think they can deploy 160 billion and maintain a 40% ROIC in the next, you know, five years? Because that's what you need to justify today's price with no robo taxis. Like we're going to say the, the mix of hardware software revenue freezes basically. So, right, this is the hard question for you. So if the goal, uh, which is to get to 20 million cars per year, if that's the goal, uh, this level of capital spending is going to be required. So if, if the goal is to get to 20 million cars per year, annual run rate, um, that's going to require at least, uh, you know, 80 to $100 billion of additional gross investment. Um, so for us to get that, right, and if we see the trend right now, right, if we're at 23% ROIC today, um, and that's running well below, you know, capacity utilization, um, it also, you know, is including in the denominator of the ROIC, remember, the denominator of ROIC is invested capital. So we're at 23% right now, despite the fact that we have two factories under construction right now that are being counted in assets in the invested capital, but aren't yet producing yet, right? So we're at 23%, which is way better than you know, any other automaker. And A, we're running below capacity of existing assets. And we have two factories that are under construction that aren't even contributing yet to the, to the bottom line yet. So that to me tells me that there's significantly more upside to their ROIC than what we see right now at 23%. And they're already knocking on the door of big tech right now. But it's not, and it's even not even automakers they're fighting against. It's not even big tech. It's the their own expectations. And that's why I think, you know, it doesn't like, that's why I keep saying like, we'll give them the 40%. I don't know if you're trying to say that we should give them more than that, but even if we give them 40% and we say they're going to deploy 80 billion to get to, you know, that many cars by 2030, that is only justifying a 10 to 12 multiple on 80 billion deployed is a trillion. So that's a, that's a 5%, that's a 4% CAGR on the equity price from today. So what you're telling me is essentially Tesla building 20 million cars a year is basically priced into the equity. So, and to me, that means that there is some robo taxi priced in because otherwise there's no upside. So you're either betting on, you're either saying Tesla's gonna hit 20 million cars a year, maybe, right? Like, Well, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily priced in. I still think that there's upside um, without robo taxis uh, in play. So I think that the stock would still be a double. It could double from its current valuation today um, if it actually does hit that, you know, run rate that we're trying to think of in terms of 20 million cars by the end of the decade. So, you know, this is without robo taxis, right? But a double in, in nine years, is that, is that what we're right? Like it, I, it's it, look, I mean, you can, and by the way, I'm also assuming, um, a 14% cost of capital, by the way, which could be very high. Right. I think that's really right now. The cost of capital should be actually much less than that. Um, the only reason why the cost of capital is so high is because their beta is very high, right? The stock has a beta of 2.0. And so that also increases your cost of capital because the higher your beta, 
um, you know, the higher the, uh, you know, the, the cost of equity is for you. So over time, as the stock reduces in beta, which it should now, since it's a member of the S&P 500, um, before it wasn't, so that's, you know, it inclusive of, of, you know, when they were just, you know, a, a company that was outside of the index. So again, um, there's a lot of variability here with regards to like, you know, modeling. That's why cash flow modeling and forecasting in general is very inexact. Um, but there's so many other factors like that. So if we were to just tweak the cost of capital, right, then there could be a huge difference in the, the return that you're expecting. Then you're like, oh, we maybe we'll give them 15x on that capital deployed ratio. Um, that, that could be the difference. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. Now I want to go, because Rob, I'm trying to run, get, get everywhere here. I'm going to play, I would play devil's advocate and I want to do the opposite of that. So, okay. 20 million cars is just the model two. That's just the vehicle business to consumers. Then we layer in trucks and sort of vans for delivery. I would call it like logistics, like not for consumer businesses, moving stuff, not people around. So that to me is another multi hundred billion that we're not thinking about. You have energy, um, which Elon has said could get as good as cars. They got to figure out batteries or as big as cars. Then we have the like X factor of robo taxi. And then we have the X factor of Tesla bots beyond that, which I think is the biggest TAM of all. So that to me is why I'm holding the stock because I think about Tesla's like, yes, the vehicle business, you're looking at, you know, 10 to 15% IRR if they only max out the vehicle business and take over, which I think we all kind of know is an inevitability and become like a dominant player. Um, but then beyond that, there's so many little options and you have a call option on Elon Musk, I think the greatest inventor alive right now, at adding value to shareholders. Who knows what the hell he's going to, he just dropped the Tesla bot. That's another trillions of, of market cap if they pull it off. So who knows what he could come up with next. So that's why I'm holding it. That's the bull case. So um, I, I think it's so interesting to think about how much RoboTaxi's priced in. Is it just, you know, is it? It, but, but to me, that's my biggest reason for holding it is because I think we still have a little bit of upside, like you're saying, in the vehicle business. Then there's so many different ways that, that that incremental IRR could get accelerated if energy works, if the semi works, if licensing out battery tech for other, if boats and planes, who knows? And so is that kind of where, where you're saying like you're still a super bull on the stock? The other thing too is that um, a part of the value of FSD is not necessarily like robo taxis are not the only... Thing, um, that assigns value to FSD. I still think that FSD has significant value just because it's something that can present a lot of utility to individuals, right? Even if Tesla never launches robo taxis per se, it's still something that can get good enough for people to actually, you know, shell out that $10,000 or $12,000 uh, to buy as an option at a much greater rate than they're currently doing today. I believe the estimates, are, you know, currently are around 25%. I'm not sure if that's in the ballpark of, you know, the total number of people that buy FSD out of total customers. Um, but that number could be 50% if Tesla gets really good at the software that they're currently, you know, iterating on right now. That could be 75% maybe um, if it's really, you know, that good. So that alone has huge value um, in ROIC and in future profitability. Um, it's not just, you know, robo taxi or bus, right? It's also this sort of, you know, in between that could possibly be, uh, you know, possible in the next five, six, seven years if robo taxis get delayed further out. And, and let's assume robo taxis work. Or, or how are you thinking about valuing? This to me is one of the weirdest things we've had in all time. It's like, how do you value this call option on what ARC is saying is a multi-trillion dollar business on what everybody is like, this is like Apple, Amazon, everybody's desperate to come up with a self-driving car because this is the next computing platform. This is gonna be unlock so much economic value. 
how do you price in a, a call option where you almost can't even fathom its economic impact? But Tesla's, I have FSD beta, it's amazing, it keeps getting better, like I think they will solve this. Elon Musk, you know, he's he's not gonna, he's he's just gonna keep scheming on this till he solves it. So how do you think about pricing in that that call option? If you, if you can just uh, value the company based on what you know today, and as long as you can determine that this company is not overvalued right now, then all of these call options are basically free, right? So if we, if we just think that, okay, the stock will double, let's just say conservatively over the next 10 years, right? That's, not, that's still something that means, that tells you that Tesla stock is not overvalued, right? Because a doubling, I mean, over 10 years, I guess you can you know, compare the Kager on that to the market overall, but the market's not going to double in 10 years, right? Uh, it's going to take a little bit longer than that. Um, so as long as the company isn't overvalued just based on things that you know of today, right? Things that we can model today, which is the auto business, right? And whatever FSD sales that we do see right now, um, then everything else that Tesla's working on is a free call option that's embedded into the equity. That's the big differentiator here between Tesla and basically every other automaker is the optionality of all of these other things that I don't believe are, are being priced into, into the equity. Because if I just look at the ROIC and the implied profitability on a 20 million car run rate, let's just say, even if they get to 10 million, um, the implied profitability of, and free cash flow of that alone justifies the, the valuation today. And I think it could be a double just based on if they were to continue today's trajectory out 10 years from now. Love it. And I want to end with this, the awakening theory of like Bitcoin. People are searching for this store of value. Um, I think the certainty that Tesla is as is, it achieves that, you know, 20 million cars a year versus the certainty that the dollar doesn't lose as much purchasing power. Like to me, there's almost, I have so much confidence and certainty in Tesla achieving that, that I almost feel like Tesla to me is like a store of value better than other things. And I wonder if that's a overall thing that will lift a lot of these technology stocks in the market, a permanent, you know, 15X or 20X multiple on invested capital for some of these best companies in the world, because the world is searching for assets that aren't the dollar to, to keep their wealth in. And when I think about where that goes, technology company equities that are innovating, that are going to, you know, no matter what currency we use, have a tremendous amount of value and utility. That is something where Tesla has benefited and will continue to really benefit from. And that's why the ultimate, the ultimate guideline to, to markets right? What companies create the most value? It's the ones that have the greatest ROIC and can deploy the most amount of capital to do it, right? Um, for example, uh, did you know, um, interestingly enough, before Tesla's rise, uh, the best automaker was actually Ferrari, right? Their ROIC is in the 20% range, which is like big tech, right? But Ferrari doesn't have, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars of capital to deploy, right? Because their market isn't that big. Right, so that's why Ferrari is not anywhere close to being the size of Tesla, even though their ROIC was already greater than Tesla and it was already here many years ago. Um, they're not going to achieve the scale that you know Tesla is going to achieve. That already you know Tesla's already achieved right now. So again, that's what drives you know value in the long run. What ROIC can you generate, and how much capital can you deploy to get that ROIC? Those are the two factors that drive returns and. That's why big tech, right? Technology, uh, innovation, that's the reason why these companies are in vogue right now, because people now see the value that they're creating based on that capital efficiency and how they're using 
you know, their ideas, right, to solve problems. Ultimately, it's to solve problems in the world. And if you can do it on a great ROIC, that's even better. Yeah. And I love, and it's the great place to end it. And it's like, people think it's just fanboys buying the stock. I, I think the market is so amazing. The stock market, the equity market, the way it values these companies and is just, to me, is almost like, it's like, don't buy or don't sell, ask why. And I love that theory of like, why is Tesla valued at 850 billion at Ford's valued at 50 with the production like that? It's not because everyone's an idiot. It's just fanboys buying it. There's math behind this. And I'm so happy we got to unpack it. And I feel like I've got to run, which is killing me because I could talk to you for another hour. So we're going to have to run this back and do another episode because I bet people are going to love this. But thank you so much, Meyer. Like this was epic. Love having you on the show every single time. So much knowledge. Thank you for sharing it with us. Um, and yeah, have a dope night. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Gally.